You pour your heart into your business, you give to your clients, and you take care of your family and your community. And you put off taking care of yourself. When you only focus on doing, you bottle up your emotions, which taxes your body and depletes your energy. You struggle to show up, to keep up, and to create results. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross. About 10 years ago, I burned out of the only career I thought I'd ever have. I got divorced, and I was crushed with chronic illness and pain. Now I have a business that I love, a husband I can grow with, and my health is on track. Through the power of coaching, I have come to recognize the resilience and power I carry within my soul. You have this resilience and power as well. Welcome to Inflow with Soul, where we create the space for playful restoration. Space to pause, to play, and to connect with your soul. Because when you take care of you, your results will take care of themselves. Welcome everyone to another episode of Inflow with Soul. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and today I'm excited to share with you Debbie Bronson. Debbie and I have recently got to know one another. I am just delighted with every conversation that we've had. I learned so much from her, not only about her business and, and what, what she's doing with it, but just what really drives her. And, and um, so I'm excited for her to share her story with all of us today. Debbie, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. So let me give the listener a little recap of of who you are. So Debbie is one of those persons that loves all things food. And she found her way from personal chef to virtual cooking class instructor as she and her business is adapted to pandemic and needing to meet virtually. She is passionate, um, self-taught home cook who began her cooking journey alongside her mother and her grandmother as a young child. And her focus is on healthy food that tastes amazing, uses simple recipes so that those who take her classes are going to be able to continue to make those dishes and others um, like them in their own kitchens. Just making that whole cooking experience and dining experience and, and wellness experience more accessible to us, it sounds like. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Debbie, I, I always like to start out with the understanding how this business came about for you. What was happening? How long have you been in business? And what was happening for you in that transition from your previous life and experience to now your life as the effortless kitchen cook? Um, Okay. So in my past life, I was a CPA and um, then a full-time stay-at-home mom. And uh, then I dabbled in direct sales. I was a Stella.Stylist and it took me a very long time to start this food business that I have always wanted. Um, I started the Effortless Kitchen in 2019 And it was um, kind of a passion of mine to have some sort of food business since I was 17 years old. So it took me a very long time to uh, get to where I wanted to be um, because I'm a home cook, because I'm not a trained chef. So that story Mm -hmm. kind of running through my head of, ooh, who will hire me if I start this business because I don't have the degree, I don't have the expertise. Um, But I jumped in because I just really wanted to cook for people. And I wanted to 
um, share my love of food with people. And so the personal chef business started in 2019. I called it the effortless kitchen because I was making their dinners effortless for them. I went into my clients' homes and cooked their weekly meals. And it was great. And I had clients and nobody ever asked me for my degree. Nobody even asked me who I worked for previously. So um, it was quite easy to start the business. And people just cared about good food. So yeah. uh, that's where I started, and we can talk about the the journey of where it, how it changed um, as we go along. But that's where it began. Well, I would love that, and I love you pointing out the journey part of this because you mentioned that this idea uh, or intention about doing some business around food started when you were seventeen. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. What was what was that experience? I loved cooking. I loved eating. I mean, I grew up in this um, Italian Jewish household. So everything was I'm talking with my hands too. Everything was like food all the time, but like in a good way, not obsessing, um, maybe obsessing, but I felt like it was in a good way. And I just was like, well, how can I turn this into something that I do for the rest of my life? Because at the age of 17, when you're going and deciding on, or 18, when you're going to college, it's obviously the rest of your life that you're deciding on in that moment, in exactly, that 17-year-old brain. So right. I said, I have two choices. I could be a restaurant chef. I could be a nutritionist. That was all I could think of at the time. And things have evolved so much since then. But um, I knew restaurant chef wasn't for me. I didn't want the hours and that kind of lifestyle. And nutritionist is what I thought I was going to college for until I realized it was all science-based. And mm-hmm. I quickly bailed out of that and put my dreams aside. and went into accounting and it was the practical way to get a job out of school. And through the years, this cooking thing kept coming up. I tried to start a catering business in my 20s while working at KPMG, crazy hours, no business plan. I just decided I'm I'm going to cook for people. And it didn't take off as a business for obvious reasons, but it was always there. It kept coming back up and I would dabble and then kind of put it away. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. What are those obvious reasons? Is the obvious reason that you were really just dabbling in this and, and then not fully committed to it? Or were there other reasons? I think it was, first of all, that I was like dabbling and not fully committed because I didn't have the bandwidth at the time to really go okay. for it and and start it in my 20s. And then Later on, it was more of the um, more of the imposter syndrome creeping in of like, oh, I'm just gonna tiptoe around it and see what I could do, yeah. and oh, I'm gonna pull back. So um, it was really being in um, networking groups with women and hearing what they were doing for themselves, like the businesses that they created out of things that they were super passionate about and not necessarily educated in, but it was just what mm-hmm. they loved to do. And I'm like, well, why can't I do it? And then I thought, well, why don't I start it? And what's the worst thing that can happen? It doesn't work or I adapt. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of just got over myself and pushed past the imposter syndrome. And I said, let me try this out. And it really did kind of just, it worked. Um, You know, I promoted myself with, you know, my network of women and, had them talk about it and I was excited about it. I think that's what it is, is really the excitement and the passion that I have for what I do that really drives my business and draws people to me. Um, Absolutely. So this whole notion of like not being the expert. Well, I am the expert in a way in what I do. 
Um, Absolutely. Because I wasn't trained by a professional chef doesn't mean anything. I love that. Now, the other thing that, that I'm thinking about as you're telling the story is, so it's 2019, maybe 2018, you're saying now's the time to really start I can do this, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're starting to change that story about, well, I can't do it because I'm not an expert. Mm-hmm. You're, you're changing that story in your mind. You're saying, yeah, I can do this. I'm seeing other women do build businesses that they're not in. They don't have the degrees necessarily, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They didn't work with the right people or whatever it is, but you're seeing them do it. Were you unhappy with what your lifestyle was with the CPA? Like, was there any of that lifestyle that you were uncomfortable with that you wanted to move away from? Or were you just as happy with that and then moving towards something that was even happier? Well, I put away that life before I even had kids. So I stopped working. But what I realized is... I liked the flexibility. I liked to be able to create my own schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, when I picked up Stella and Dot as a little side gig, um, it turned out to be more than that. It was really um, a great way for me to um, step into what I'm doing now, actually. Um, I wasn't unhappy with what I was doing. It was just that I wanted to create a life where I can control my schedule and work around my family and work when I want to work and be intentional about when I work and not just work the nine to five or whatever the hours were. Um, So I like being able to create what I want, which is also why the restaurant chef, like that whole business idea was like even a brick and mortar for this business Mm -hmm. idea. Not mm-hmm. for me, at least not now. And in fact, that's going to be one of my questions is how do you see yourself now in building this business versus your 20-year-old version of yourself that thought that she wanted the catering business? How, how are you different now? I think I'm more honed into like a niche in terms of the catering was very broad. It was a, probably a lot more work than I could have handled at the okay. time um, solo. I didn't have mm-hmm. anybody hired before I thought I was just going to put myself out there. Um, so that was probably a bigger um, production than I could have handled. This is very focused on an individual operating on my own and I could do every aspect. Um, That's why I chose the personal chef work because I could walk into someone's home. I can cook for them, get the groceries, cook for them and leave and, you know, have done my job. Whereas the other one had a lot of different moving parts and components that I probably was not equipped to handle at the time. I just, you know, I was just following a dream. Right. Exactly. And I, I'm I'm really interested in this whole language about the conscious entrepreneur right now. It's something that's been uh, new to my in my awareness, and and to me, the conscious entrepreneur is one who builds a business, um, not just to solve a problem because there's a problem that can be capitalized on, but to solve a problem because it's a passion of theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's purpose and passion in a ca- uh, conscious entrepreneurship business. Uh, I think that a conscious entrepreneur puts people first and a conscious entrepreneur is also interested in profit. It's not, we're not just giving ourselves away and, you know, 
trying to save the world one person at a time, we do expect to, to gain profit back. It's that give and take. So when I hear you say your story about who you are when you were 20 and wanting to build that um, catering business and not really having a business plan, not really sure even maybe what the problem was that you were solving is very different than the entrepreneur that you are today with clarity on the problem that you want to solve. And not only that, it sound, you know, as you're telling your story about, I wanted flexibility of my time and I wanted to be able to, to come and go as I please. That's part of it. But I think what I'm really hearing you say though, is I have this passion. I have this passion to share um, cooking with others so that they don't get in these cooking ruts, that they have wellness within their life and they can enjoy. I heard you talk about how you enjoy food. And it sounds like that's what you really want to bring to others. Is Am I reading too much into this or is this? No, you're spot on. Um, we haven't talked about the transition of my business to the virtual cooking classes. But that's really where my business has broadened into something more than I thought it was going to be. To where I was cooking for people in their homes and that was great. And I loved it and they loved it, but that's a done for you service. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm teaching people how to cook in their homes, I thought in the beginning you know, in the beginning of COVID, there was a there was a big need for inspiration in the kitchen, and I'm totally bored, mm-hmm. out of my mind, cooking every meal. So I just started posting videos of what I was making for dinner on Facebook, which rolled into this business. So I'm wow. thinking, I'm just going to share recipes. Mm-hmm. What it really turned into was way more than I thought it was going to be of having people come into class feeling really intimidated in the kitchen and feeling like they can't do certain things. Um, They're not accomplished chefs. They can't cook all of those stories, the imposter syndrome that they had in their own kitchens and really making them feel confident and empowered. And what then that does is it branches their mind out into, well, if I did this class and I did this recipe successfully, now I can go and try other things. Or maybe they're just cooking that one thing over and over again. But at right. least they feel like they can do it for themselves and make something great that is not hard to make, that is healthy-ish. My recipes mm-hmm. tend to be on the healthier side, but I'm not a nutritionist like we talked about. Yeah. Um, but just having them feel that, that that confidence and empowerment, like that has been the kind of silver lining of like mm-hmm. the side effect of... Um, building this virtual business that I was like, I'm just going to teach people how to make this one recipe. It's so much more than that. Yeah. That's one thing that I find interesting um, about this whole journey of entrepreneurship is that we we start out thinking the business is going to be about this and for this. And, and as we step into that, then all of a sudden, like the next step seems to, to go off to the side just a little bit and make it even bigger and better than what we thought it could be. Mm-hmm. Was there, as you were going from that transition of being a personal chef to the, responding to the needs of COVID, uh, well, let me put it this way, the needs that COVID uh, and all of the lockdowns brought for us, right? Mm-hmm. Was there, and you have this opportunity to move forward, was there any part of you that was was questioning that or were you really willing and able just to move into those possibilities? So 
I started my business on a let's see what happens. Okay. So it was kind of the same thing. Well, I'm just going to put it out there and see what happens. And people came and it turned into an actual business, which I I didn't have a plan for, but there was part of me that said, oh God, I got to be on camera. Right. (laughs) I'm like, oh, this is not what I signed up for. But I like it better than what I was doing before. I'm sort of on the introverted side, but I light up when I'm teaching people about cooking and talking about food and eating and and all of the things that come along with it. Um, And I also felt like, oh, I would never want to become a teacher. My parents were teachers. I don't want to do what my parents did. I'm really good at teaching and I didn't realize it. So, um, you know, there's skills that have come out of it where I'm like, huh, I'm kind of... You know, I'm I'm myself on camera. I don't try to be somebody else. I'm not polished. I stumble on my words. I call food different things that it's not what it is. And it's fine. I am who I am. You get what you get. Like I'm a little quirky. I tell family stories. I'm a little goofy. And I'm totally myself and comfortable with it. And yeah. people come and they're I think they're drawn to that, the authenticity. I think so too. And the other word that popped into my head as you were describing that is playful. That there yeah. seems to be a, a playfulness about telling stories and, you know, mess, being okay with things that don't go according to scripts, so to speak. And that's not usually how I am. I'm usually very okay. planned, not always, you know, scripted, but like, I'm usually like, you know, I'm a planner. Yeah. So to let go on camera live and just yeah. be who I am, like it's, it's actually, it's quite refreshing for me to, to know that I can feel comfortable doing that. I love that. Is there any imposter syndrome now that you're still in your shadow side? Um, Sometimes when if I get approached for a corporate event Mm -hmm. and you know, they're, they're kind of like, they haven't hired me, but they're in the process. Yeah. Like, Oh, maybe they'll figure out that, you know, I'm not a trained chef. Oh, but Right. It never, it, that's never the factor. It's timing. It's what, if, if I don't get hired, it's, you know, they hired somebody internally, right. save money right. that way. You know, it's always other reasons, but I do get in my head sometimes. I mean, I don't think imposter syndrome goes away. I just right. think you just kind of work with it and work through it. And um, yeah, it does, it does kind of pop up here and there. Yeah, I appreciate you being willing to be vulnerable, vulnerable about that, and and to express that because I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think it goes away either. Um, it would make sense, right? So you you said uh, use that as the the example of a corporate uh, opportunity coming up. Like this is outside of your existing comfort zone, mm-hmm. and so anytime you want to move outside of your existing comfort zone, that those imposter stories are going to pop up again. Mm-hmm. Right. And Absolutely. I think that's the beauty actually of being aware. And this is where that consciousness comes back again is to be aware that, Oh, here I go. I'm telling myself these stories again. And every other time that I've done this and, and this is how I've been successful or things have, have turned out, maybe didn't turn out the way I wanted them to, but they got me where I am now. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I look, I don't. I wouldn't say I look forward to that, but when those opportunities or to co- go outside of that comfort zone and to feel again that imposter syndrome, 
can also kind of validate where you've been before. I was just like, going to okay. say that. I was just going to say that. It's like, oh, there you are. But look at how far I've come. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I I've, I hear clients sometimes say when when this the in this case like the imposter syndrome comes up again, like, well, I thought I dealt with that. You absolutely did deal with that. Mm-hmm. You did, and and whatever that story is that you were telling yourself at that moment, you've changed that story. Now you've just got another imposter story, mm-hmm. and here's an opportunity to change that one, uh, and to continue expand your uh, comfort bubble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, I appreciate hearing about your story into what you do now. So I'd like to transition into really you telling us more about what you do now. Who are the people that um, will contact you and and what are those uh, services and and benefits then that you provide them? Okay. So I have have three aspects of my business, all virtual cooking class-based. Individual classes, I do them weekly on Saturdays and um, they're live. And what I'm doing there is I am doing a full instruction um, of a recipe. I have a menu on my website. People choose the classes they want to attend. And my focus is on something that's simple, easy to prepare within the hour. We're actually kind of chatting in the beginning and the end. So it's not even a full Mm -hmm. hour of cooking. But I am doing the full instruction. What I found is that people, um, even if they're comfortable in the kitchen, may not be um, cutting their vegetables safely, or they don't know how to cut vegetables at all. They don't know how to hold a knife. Like all of those Mm -hmm. things, I am providing that value in the class. Um, And the people that come to those classes are foodies who absolutely love cooking and and all things food like I do, who are just like, yes, I want to do that recipe. And of course, I want to come to this class. And then most of the people are those who are in a food rut, who are making the same things over and over, and they need something new and inspiring. Um, my one of my favorite groups, though, is the 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 imposter syndrome group of of people who tell themselves that story that they can't cook. I believe that everyone can cook. I believe that's okay. just a story, and they come to class and they feel completely confident and empowered when they are done and they can, they're not even realizing that they're cooking because we're doing it as a group and they're Mm -hmm. done. And then they just feel proud of themselves. Um, They realize it was a story they were telling themselves and then they try other things. So I have people who come to my class and maybe they're only coming once, but then they're continuing on their own. And I love that because I really want to promote my whole focus here, aside from teaching recipes is to promote healthy eating and healthy Mm -hmm. habits and cooking for yourself and knowing what's in your food is probably one of the most important things. And knowing um, kind of like little tweaks and tricks you can do to, to make something a little bit healthier. So I talk about how I make swaps of the meat protein. A lot of times we're cooking with ground turkey and ground chicken because it's a little bit leaner. Something really simple, like not major changes. We also talk about meal prepping in classes. Like if we're roasting vegetables, I'm like, this is a great, this one method is what you can use to meal prep and roast most any vegetable and um, just giving tips and tricks along the way, uh, sharing kitchen tools as well. Like I have my favorites that I talk about all the Mm -hmm. time. I should have an affiliate link on Amazon, but I don't Right, (laughs) because I talk about some of them all the time and people go and buy them. Um, So that's my, those are my individual classes. 
Okay. And then I do this. There are some before you, before we leave that, before we leave that, I, a, a question popped into my head in if I'm taking one of those classes, I haven't done that yet. Are am I cooking along with you or am I just watching you cook? So yes. Um, I would say 99% of the people who come are cooking along with me in the classes that they sign up for because they're invested in the class. They want to learn how to make this dish. And so everybody's getting the recipe a week in advance so that they can go shopping for their groceries on the recipe. There's always going to be dietary substitutions for kind of the bigger ones. If anybody has questions, they can always ask me. Um, and then instructions on what to have out before class. And sometimes it's a little bit of prep, like have your water boiling, have your oven preheated, maybe make your grain in advance. And that is it. And we do everything else start to finish in the class. So like any of the things that are supposed to be prepped, uh, Mm -hmm. like somebody might prep things before they start cooking, like chopping vegetables. I have a lot of people who come who do that in advance. You don't need to do that. So okay. for the person who like stresses out and they're like, I can't come to class because I can't get all of my stuff done in advance. Like there's nothing you need to do really, except nice. have your stuff out in front of you and come join me and we will cut things together so that, you know, you're also learning that, that skill. So I'm, I'm yeah. telling you, like even people who cook all the time are like, huh, I never knew that that was kind of the safer way to cut an onion. I'm like, it's not wrong. Whatever you were doing, you're getting to the mm-hmm. end result. Yeah you know, and we're get the same end result, but it's a little bit safer to cut it the way that I show in class. So people are still getting some um, tips and tricks, even if they're accomplished chefs. Well, and I think this whole ability to participate makes this even more valuable than if I was just watching you cook online, right? I mean, that's a very passive Yes. Yes. And it also becomes about connection. So I've built a community of people who come back repeatedly because they get to know everybody in class and Mm. we do become kind of like a family and there's chit chat while we're cooking. Um, We always take a photo at the end, which is like one of my favorite things so that everybody can see themselves with their dish. So, um, I mean, I, there's nothing I don't love about it. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I and I think that was an important part of that. That uh, I know I see it. This whole opportunity in a whole new light when I know that I can actually participate and I'm not just watching. Well, plus you want to be able to eat the food at the end. Like, how bad is right. it when you're like right. watching someone else cook and then you're like, wait, I want some of that. that. You have yeah, grown. Right? and then the other other thing is then you can make it your way. So yeah. there are people who just, right. you know, don't put all the veggies in or they, they swap out ingredients and all of that is fine. Like that is also what I want to teach people is to do more intuitive cooking and less yeah. tied to a recipe cooking. So right. be flexible. And it, it, it may just mean changing one little thing if you're really tied to a recipe, but just be like being a little bit more flexible. I have people who are like, oh, I can't take that class because I don't like whatever ingredient. I'm like, but you right. don't have to use that. Like yeah. you can use what you want. Like I never force anybody to do anything. Like, you know, it's yeah. your food. Enjoy it. That's right. I want you to enjoy right. it. So um, that is an interesting aspect to what I do though, is, is the flexibility and people realizing, oh, I can, I can swap out things. I can omit things. Right. Absolutely. And if, if they can learn to be more flexible, even with cooking, who else, who knows what else they can learn to be more flexible about in the rest of their lives as well. That's true. Right. 
Right. Okay. So the, the Saturday cooking, you were going to move on to your next um, offering, I think. So there, and they're all very similar. It's the okay. cooking instruction. So I have my Saturday classes at one individuals come friends come. Um, we all cook together. I do uh, private parties, which is very similar, except it's a group of friends or family who are, you know, uh, separated by distance who want mm-hmm. to have an activity to, to do something together and they come together and we cook together. So same format, okay. the difference between what I do on Saturdays with my individuals and the groups is that the groups get to stay on afterwards. So they get to not only connect while we're cooking, but then they can stay on and eat and drink together and socialize. Oh, lovely. Um, and those are, um, e- I have people who uh, pick from a menu. They pick from a menu of things that I've suggested, or they can go into like my seasonal menu of the classes that I'm doing and kind of pick from there. And we can be flexible in terms of what we're doing. So they get to pick the dish and, and the timing for it. And then the corporate events are also similar. The difference there is that um, what the value that the company's getting is a little different from what the individuals are getting in mm-hmm. terms of the employees connecting, especially now we're, that we're separated by by um, mm-hmm. working from home. Um, I, there are people who are hired by companies and they've never actually been in the office and met anybody in person. So you've right. only met people on Zoom. So to have that time where it's more social than a work Zoom, where you can connect with people you work with. So that time afterwards, especially where you're you know eating and drinking and socializing together, really provides value to the company for employee um, retention, um, and just connection time. So, um, there is that other aspect to it where, um, the company seeing value in that and also health and wellness in terms of promoting mm-hmm. that because my recipes tend to be on the healthier side. Okay. How big are your, do you have any limits on whether it's either the family group or the corporate group in terms of how many people can participate? I don't know. Um, I've done groups of, you know, for corporate, I've done groups of 10. I've done groups up to like a hundred. And um, for uh, families, um, I think I've done up to like 20 um, people kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't have a limit. So, you know, my pricing works based on, I have a minimum and then I have a per person. So, or per okay. per household. Got That's it. the other okay. thing is, you know, when companies get together and they do these events, um, it's not just the employee cooking. They've got their family there. So people get to yeah. kind of meet their partner, meet their mm-hmm. children. So it's it's really fun for them to, to have that time. And the other fun thing is if you're a little bit nosy, you get to see their person's kitchen that you never get to see on Zoom. Right. <laughs> like, oh, that's what your kitchen looks like. Oh, I like that. Where'd you get that? You know. Yeah. Well, I, I think stories really kind of tell the describe the experience. So do you have a a favorite family event story? I have a favorite corporate event. Okay. Where it was like, it, it was a company, um, a real estate company. And so they were kind of scattered all over, but it really felt like a family. And what I loved about this group was um, the owner of the business really made it a point to get to know everybody's significant other who was on 
And then um, we had people cooking. So I'm on the East Coast. They were mountain time. They had a group, a couple of people in South America cooking along with us. And then one person who was in the Philippines who was cooking dinner with us at, we did apps and a cocktail. Um, she was cooking at 9am on a Saturday. We were cooking on a Friday night. So yeah. we were like, oh, you're eating, you know, sh- garlic shrimp for breakfast. She's like, yeah. this is amazing. I sent my kids out into the yard and I'm having a cocktail at nine o'clock and eating garlic shrimp. So that was kind of fun. And, you know, I, I love that the the virtual world can connect us like that yeah. and allow us to really right. be together when we're separated by so much distance and time. Yeah, absolutely. Did you get feedback from that particular group? They loved it. They yeah. loved it. Um, yes. And um, I was connected through someone who's taken my classes before, which is always nice. And then um, I, I think they'll, they'll repeat because it was, mm-hmm. it was so much fun. And, you know, they just, I just love it when I don't mind getting interrupted, but there was, <laughs> they were like kind of just ribbing on each other like the whole time. So yeah. I'm like, what's the inside joke? And then I get it like the inside information. I'm like, this is fun. And then here's the best part of this. I totally forgot about this. The one of the men who was cooking in South America, his sister came on and he said, because I don't think she spoke English, he wanted to know if one of the guys cooking in the US was single for oh, really? her. And oh, he's like, Oh goodness. no, I've been married. But I was like, Oh my gosh, this is fun. They're gonna <laughs> set up like a romantic connection. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. That's that's life though, right? It's, we're, we're not just these automatrons that can say, here's my work life and here's, I'm going to show up over here and there's my home life and here's, I'm going to show up over here. And, and, and maybe that's one of the benefits that come out of working from home and, and having little peeks into our homes and our, our families. And because we are also separated and not only because of COVID anymore, but because so much, uh, a lot of business I think has gone virtual. Like we can do this now. Like we can run our entire operation virtually. Um, there's some uh, services like yours, I think are important though, to, to keep us coming back to that human connection so that our connection is not just about tasks and goals and those kinds of things, but there's something uh, personal about that engagement as well. Cause I think the more personally engaged, we know one another and there's limits of course, but you know, the more that I care about you as a colleague, the more I think we're going to be able to work together and, and bounce ideas off of one another and build off of one another mm-hmm. versus feel like we have to be in competition with one another. Sure. Sure. And then seeing each other's families, like you kind of know what you're dealing with. So let's say you've got yeah. somebody who working from home and they're hard to reach at certain times. Then you're like, yeah. Oh, I, I kind of get it. I understand. I see what's happening. Right. Right. Kind of right. get a glimpse into their personal life. Absolutely. Well, is there anything about your business that you haven't shared with us yet? You've got the Saturday classes, you've got family and you've got corporate. Um, what do you, what are you uh, sharing now on uh, social media? Um, well, I also have recorded classes because what I was finding okay. was people who wanted to take my Saturday classes couldn't make that time. 
And so what I've done is I've taken my previous um, menu, my previous live menu, and I've created recorded options for people to go on and grab that. And then they can cook at their leisure, um, have their own little cooking class in their, their kitchen. Um, So that's another, another option. And then um, what we didn't talk about, and this could be like a whole other podcast, but um, I love traveling and I love eating when I travel. And so I have a retreat, a culinary retreat that I created because I just want to introduce people or experience it with other people who really love to travel the way I do. Um, We're going to Napa at the end of March and it is a dining experience. So I know I'm known for cooking, but we're going to just eat and drink together, have these incredible experiences that are the kind of thing that you couldn't just go and do on your own. So really curated high end um, private chef types of things um, to really experience what I love about Napa. And I've only been once, but it's a huge foodie area and it's really, they're really big into farm to table dining. And that is healthy eating that is using yeah. what's fresh and that's what I love to do. And that's what I, how I like to eat. So, yeah. um, to experience that with other people, um, I'm really excited about that. So that is going to be, that's a girl's trip. I'm promoting it as a girl's, a girl's trip, a, uh, a four night trip in March. Excellent. And that's on my website. Excellent. Um, and uh, the website will be in the description, but if you could just give it to us auditorially as well. It is theeffortlesskitchen.com. Um, the little T-H-E in the beginning is very important. Um, <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram. I am the Effortless Kitchen by Debbie on there. I post a lot of different food photos. Um, but my website has everything that I am current that we that we talked about. So all of my offerings are are on there. And um, can I talk about my free offering? Please do. Okay. So um, my recorded classes are amazing and they're there for convenience purposes. So I'm offering a free recorded class and it's for my potato leek soup with grilled cheese croutons, which are Mm -hmm. mm, so good, (laughs) salty and cheesy. um, But we're not using like the whole grilled cheese sandwich. So it's still Mm -hmm. on the healthier side, but really nice. And, um, you know, I am in the Northeast, so it's cold. So I feel like... Everybody wants that warm soup, comforting feeling. So um, you have the link for that. Hopefully you'll be able to post that. But if someone goes directly to my website, it should be a pop-up as well for for that option if they don't click on that link. Fantastic. So we'll find you at theeffortlesskitchen.com. And in the description as well will be a link to the lake soup uh, recorded recipe. Uh, Not Mm -hmm. just a recipe, but cooking instruction. Yep. 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 So people connect with you. I think that's fabulous. Um, you're, you're offering, what I love about this whole story is that this passion of food that you have and your passion to share that love with, with others is what you've been able to build a, a business on and mm-hmm. people see the value in that. And there's this lovely give and, give and take there. Um, so thank you for moving beyond your comfort zone in order to be able to share this with the rest of us. Thank you. I know. Why hide it? Right? Right. Share yes. it with everybody. That's everybody right. needs to get a little piece of me, right? That's right. <laughs> I, I, just sounded, I just sounded like a New Yorker there. Sorry. I totally am. But yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
Well, Debbie, thank you so much for sharing yourself and your story with us today. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Hi, this is Mary. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you are coming away feeling maybe a little inspired, maybe a little more informed, or maybe just rested. Most of all, I hope you're coming away feeling empowered. If you do, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. But most importantly, please pass along this sense of empowerment to your friends and to your networks. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you.